0: So welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Scott Herzog. And just to give you guys who aren't familiar with us a little bit of an explanation of who we are, we are two-thirds of the host hosts for the show, and we are going through the Dune universe in chronological order, which is kind of unprecedented, and most people don't view it in that way at all. Um, but this month we were reviewing David Lynch's Dune, and it just so happened this opportunity to see... Bodorowski's Dune came up, so we thought, why not make an event for it? So, yeah. so we kind of we've gone through six of the
1: prequel books by, uh, you know, uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson, and then um, most recently went through Dune, and we said, well, we got to we got to tackle the movie somewhere in here, and let's do Lynch's film, um, and then uh, we're on into uh, Paul of Dune, I believe, next, and yeah, then well, this next month, and, yeah. and then uh, we'll be dealing with some of the miniseries, kind of sprinkling them in there as well. Just to kind of talk about them and their place in the Dune universe, and so it was kind of uh, fascinating to see this look at the Dune universe and what the ideas behind it.
0: Yeah, man, what a well-made documentary, huh? Yeah, yeah. I thought it. I thought it gave great perspective as to what Dune could have been. Uh, I mean, I know they're calling it the best movie never made. I don't know if I go that far, but it definitely looks. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: It depends how much of a purist you are, because it, yeah. he certainly, uh, as he acknowledges, whether he doesn't say whether he ever actually ended up reading the book. He just says that when he started making it, that he hadn't read it. Right. And so, uh, and he obviously knows enough of Dune to know that he that this is a derivation. <laughs> so he's he's He must be aware of what actually happened in the in the book, whether he's actually read it or not. Right. it'd be interesting to know and we don't really hear if you he ever had any conversations with Frank Herbert because Frank Herbert was alive during this time
0: oh yeah that's a good point that's a good point well yeah, apparently sure. they sold the rights fairly easily so you right. wouldn't need to right. speak with him so <laughs> exactly, least, exactly. these days the author wouldn't give up the rights quite so easily I'm sure, no, no. I'm sure. what are, are some of your first impressions of this film um, what are some of the things that you thought would have been fantastical to see on the screen
2: well not that exactly. But I've never heard Geiger's voice before. I think that, that voice is exactly the man who created that artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think spaceships, although they don't fit my view of what they would have looked like in the books, I thought they were just fantastic. It would have been amazing to see on the screen. It was great to see them animated. Yes. Just a little bit, because you see the pictures,
1: and to see him moving and see the spice flowing, I, you know, I thought that that was a neat touch that they brought into the documentary.
0: Yeah, yeah. How many people here are fans of film, and how many are fans of, of the Dune universe? Who, who's who's for the film? All right. So, are any of you familiar with the the Dune universe at all? Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. Gentlemen, here. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great. So we want to make sure we don't just bore you uh, doing stuff if there's only film people here. But um, I, I, watching this and seeing the animation and the detail put into the drawings, I thought, man, maybe animated is the way to really have approached this. And even he said at the end, you know, animation, like this could be animated after I'm dead or, or even now. Yeah. But
1: can I just, God, he, is he the guy that did the Matrix artwork to some of the artworks? is that, Am I right in that? I don't know if he did work for The Matrix. Yeah. What, the what Alien. was it? Yeah, no, I know knew Alien, but some of his artworks looks like some of the artwork that the Wachowski brothers used to kind of frame out um, Machine City and so on. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, i pretty and sure. Some of, that, some of that looks like it. I got to IMDB it. But. Well, definitely
2: influenced
1: anyway. <laughs> yeah, def- yeah, definitely influenced, no doubt yeah. there. And certainly Alien. You saw Alien just when the initial drawings of the artwork of the uh, Harkonnen Palace, which, of course, is never in the book. Right. Which actually, and David Lynch has him in some sort of palace too, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, it,
1: it's. Crazy. I didn't realize. That. I didn't. I didn't actually connect that they were that he didn't have a palace, and because it takes place
0: in Arrakis the entire time. But, well, he's on Kitty Prime for a little bit of the book, is he? Yeah. Yeah. I guess the prequels establishes. Yes. His, yes. Uh, it's hard to, to take that apart when you read them in this order. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, animated. I, just, I was like, man, maybe animation is the way that Dune should be done. They always say, they always say, can Dune be done in film? And my go-to is the miniseries. Do it in a miniseries or, or like um, The Walking Dead. Like That's the only really way that you could do it justice. But seeing here, maybe an animated film would be the way to go. Or a
1: 12-hour film like we are just talking about.
0: <laughs> but, well, who do you think would do the best job at animating it? I don't, know. I don't know. I mean, it's, I wouldn't think it would be a Pixar thing or something like that. I don't know. It would need to be something a little bit more.
1: I don't know. Looking at some of the uh, drawings, the guy that did uh, Samurai Jack, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I'm basing it based on the documentary here, so I may not be fair. I mean, there's other animators that would do it justice as well. But initially, when you said that, first one that popped in my mind is something like that. Well, not to go weeaboo on you here, but I think the team that did Cowboy Bebop,
0: do. yeah yeah they would yeah yep. Yep. yeah, absolutely for sure I could even see uh, Ghibli's studio tackling it yeah, to a they, certain they degree they do good dark material too yeah yeah like, yeah. Not so good yeah so um, what are some of the things that film wise like that you, you thought was interesting about this the ideas uh, that he had
1: here's what I thought was interesting the way he the serendipitous way he got everyone on board like he just ran into him like hotel lobbies and meetings, and you know people that he wanted to talk to, and that he kind of roped into doing this. And, and this is the networking that went on. And I was just like, I mean, how do you go about meeting McJagger, right? You know, it's just, <laughs> he, he kind of ropes him into this, and I and I'm like, and it's just beautiful. And even like Orson Wells, I mean, you know, you, you, the whole thing is just kind of. I thought that that part was fascinating to see how he lined up all these people. To kind of and bring them into this project, right, right.
0: And it, it, it's very apparent that his enthusiasm is contagious. Yeah. And even just watching the film, I think that came through to the audience. Really, he expresses himself in a way that makes you passionate about whatever he's talking about. I mean, and then and then he shows that bit of compassion with where he picks up his cat. Like, he's very human. Right. To say no other another no way.
2: I thought it was interesting in that in that part of the film. It made me think a lot about when uh, you know Joseph Campbell used to talk quite often about if you would follow your bliss, that everything else kind of falls into place. Like when you're truly authentic, then you you attract that you know you attract the things you're looking for. I'm not talking law of attraction. I'm talking about how when you have the energy, you have the commitment, things come together. It made me think of. You know, Edmund Hillary talking about the thousand unseen hands, you know, that mm-hmm. that uh, help you accomplish your endeavors and stuff, it just seemed like uh, Podorowski was an authentic artist, you know what I mean, which is something that you don't really see much of in Hollywood anymore, it's a very corporate kind of yeah. thing, you know, Sony controls film now, but, you know, he was from a time when you actually could express yourself in film, you wanted to, so I think people saw that and they wanted to be a part of it, you know.
0: I agree I agree I mean, it's kind it's of funny because he seemed to live his idea lived even they said it yes, I think. his idea was Paul in the movie the way it just became you know it didn't make it but it just became uh, part of many people part of the art of world yeah. so it's very interesting how that can happen to a lot of ideas even in the smaller community as well what do you think about his uh, casting of the characters <laughs>
1: Anyone resonate as being kind of authentic, for those of you that know Dune and seem to fit the bill?
3: Dolly. Dolly? Salvador Dolly. Yeah, as an emperor, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would have been fit. <laughs> for sure. Perfect, yeah. Yeah. I
0: think... Good fade, out uh, Just as good as Sting.
1: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> sting was prettier, though.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but disturbing. Yeah,
0: finally they both <laughs> You know I thought, I thought the
1: casting of his son as Paul, and I, and I think maybe not the pictures I saw back then when he would have made the movie, but the adult Paul, when I looked at the adult Paul or his son as an adult, I said, "Wow, this guy I could really see as being Paul." Yeah. And maybe only because he reminds me so much of Paul from the miniseries. Maybe that's why I, it's maybe it's as unfair a placement of that, but I thought that he would have looked the role, at least
0: yeah and I agree with you there he reminded me of Paul from the series as well you know he would have he been what like 16 when they filmed yeah so that would have been right age would have been the, well yeah would have been age wise correct yeah. would it have been acting skill wise correct well he acted in his other movies. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely would have been buff if he was doing all those other <laughs> yeah. those other things that's yeah, for sure yeah. that's one way to train how
1: about uh, Orson Welles <laughs> he had
0: to look <laughs> <laughs> and the appetite. <laughs> That's apparently. for sure. That's for sure. I felt that his version of Baron was much more authentic than um than version yeah. Although, man, when they're taking off limbs from yeah. like, oh, wow. mm. Lado, <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> I mean, like, wow. Much. It was. I got the impression from the, the the shots that he showed of his other films, which I've never seen, that that kind of stuff was not. Uh, Uh, atypical for his (laughs) his things (laughs) whatsoever whatsoever uh, you know he said he wanted to make a film that was was uh, tripping on LSD yeah when you were when without taking LSD without taking LSD and we finished uh, David Lynch's film Volunteer, here and the audience turned over and said so that's what LSD is like <laughs> <laughs> so but you haven't
1: experienced true LSD do you watch this yeah, so yeah, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> yeah. apparently yeah apparently
0: uh, what other what other parts of the film concept really impressed you um, concept wise
1: you know let me talk about the other uh, the thing that Caught me the ending the end the way he would have ended dune I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. and not so much that it, we had a green dune or anything like that, which David Lynch kind of still did with his rain falling and dune at the end um, but the idea of Paul being physically killed being but the the, uh, the galactic or the corporate consciousness he worded it much better than I am, but this corporate consciousness that he was still embodied and that Paul would be still Moadib or I am Paul there at the end in everyone. And so in that way he, he continues to live and is still the Messiah. And he's not only that voice, but the voice for kind of the planet and the
0: planet kind of takes on. Right. on. And then and then goes, becomes the Messiah to other planets. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of... Um Green Lantern. Uh, I can't remember the name of the planet that's actually a Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. uh, just to make a comic reference there.
1: Oh, it reminded me of um, Asimov has these. Uh, they, they bring the um, the Gaia. Is that the, the the spirit of the one planet? When they bring the Foundation series back home at the end, and there's this living planet uh, that is part of it. And it reminded me very much of that. I might be pronouncing it differently than what. I never heard him pronounce it, but the idea of this living planet just reminded me very much of that when I got that. Yeah. Idea.
0: What are some of the things, for those of you that are familiar with the Dune story, that would have missed its place in this film? Uh, that wouldn't have fit in? For me, the first thing that I note, and it's one of the things that I note in Lynch's film as well, is that they, they make mention that the spice is the greatest commodity in the universe. But they don't address how it's also an addictive thing. I and mean, that they can't if you control it, you control everyone, but you can't destroy it. Or you destroy humanity. In both films, scenarios would destroy the spice. My only comment about the spice is that we
1: just don't we don't know enough about what his film actually was. I mean, what were there parts in there that addressed the spice production? Um, yeah. the add, the addictive qualities of the spice we don't know. I mean It doesn't seem to, and certainly David Lynch's film is no testament to that either. But um, certainly has to play a role somehow. I mean, they have the 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 Spice Pirates or whatever they're called, which is kind of interesting. Yeah,
0: that's just something that's very clearly spelled out in the books. Without the worms, there is no spice. Yeah, without the spice, and how integral Arrakis was
1: because of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's very very true
4: the um, the omissions were were something that I was wondering about. Like you said, you know, what happens if it all gets green? You've got a wonderful lush green planet, but everybody's really jonesing, And then, you know, so you know, you have to wonder about that. And I also wondered what would be what we didn't know was in the the his book. You know, he had a a little bit of a warpedness to him. There were some scenes from his other movies that were a little bit disturbing to me. <laughs> and I wonder what disturbances he might have had and, and he had used the artistic uh, freedom to put into Dune that may have been a little bit over the top. Maybe that was they were a little bit cautioning because I don't think that uh, while we may have been ready for the whole Star Wars and science fiction I don't know if the general public would have been ready for for some of the disturbing concepts that he had in his other films and I can't imagine that he did a whole film without any of them
1: <laughs> you know I, I I think too you know the one like at the end where they show him getting cut you know that across the neck you know Paul there at the end or Leto being, you know, the, you know, you know, have every single limb taken off, right? You know, um, how would that translate to the screen? Would you have shot in a way that, like today, you know, in the light of like Saul movies and stuff like that, that stuff would have been a no-brainer. We'd have put it out as an R-rated movie and we'd have done whatever the hell we wanted, right? But you just, uh, but 70, 74, when this movie would have came out, not so much, especially from the big houses he was pitching this movie to. Right. So. Go ahead.
2: Um, he was going to have uh, when Paul and Jessica were lost in the desert right after the right after the first big battle. He was going to have an incestuous relationship develop between the son and the mother.
1: That's right. I remember and hearing Herbert, that. They didn't talk about it in the movie, but that's,
2: that's when Frank pulled all of his support for the script. He that's when Frank Herbert backed out. Really? Yeah. He was he was actually on board up until that point. Yeah. So and then he was a fixture on the Lynch set, and he supported everything they did there because they kept it clean, and you know, and I mean, it was violent, but violence is acceptable in American society. And but there was no sex, so that was cool. I mean, you know, the Fremen have orgies in the in the book, and they never it never gets touched on in the movies. You know, I mean, it just it just kind of glossed over the '60s culture in the Lynch version, you know, entirely. Melange is never mentioned as a drug, you know, really, and they keep it clean. Yeah. So, but you know, and Frank really approved of all of that. so there's some really great interviews online about where you know where they talk about that. That's interesting,
0: especially since I felt that I mean Frank writes incest into the yeah. book. Yeah, you know with the uh,
2: oh with the Harkonnens. Yeah, it's a it's a good trade for bad guys. It's not a good trade for good guys.
0: Well, even even well, the Benny Gesserit wanted to breed you know right. Atreides Harkonnen cousins. Yeah, you know. And, so and
2: so they they were considered witches for their behavior. You know? Correct. They were not looked upon favorably. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you know, I mean, and the Harconians also had homosexual traits, which at the time were being reflected with more of a '60s, more you know, where they, in movie and film, you know, very often killers were portrayed that way and, uh, in older films. You know, there's a lot of ignorance that way was portrayed. You know, in older films and in older stories, it was, we just it was a different world then.
1: Yeah. So, oh yeah, definitely.
0: So. For sure this is the only adaptation that wasn't done of the Dune universe that seems to get the Thopters quite right with the double winged, the ships that have actual like dragon wing uh, doubled, it's the only time I've ever seen it tried you know lynched it and didn't even attempt and then the mini series they kind of have propellers that move but no flapping wings or anything everyone kind of avoids that I thought, to me that was the purest thing I saw in the vision that he was doing, and it looked good. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, other thoughts on the movie, or what
1: they got right, what they didn't, questions that it brought up.
5: Go ahead. Something that keeps circling around in my mind is like how drawn I was to like his optimism that like his art could do something to like help like humanity grow. Um, which is some, like an attitude that I, I am drawn to whenever it comes up, and uh, I would like to see more of that. If I'm thinking, if I'm thinking to a lot of, at um, uh, visual art, um, or like movies, I'm looking at some. I mean, I mean like very mainstream movies don't have that kind of like. They don't you know, appeal to the appetite of a growing mind of a, of a young person, like, that feel, like, um... So, like, whenever he addressed, like, the young people and how he wanted to open them up, and I just wanted to see more of that somehow, you know? Um, yeah. And, like, to see how, how he was going to try and do it was kind of neat. I don't know if, um... guess i was just drawn to that attitude and i want to see how more people would deal with that
1: there's almost this idea of a spiritual quest in the middle of of it i mean there's something very he talks he refers to himself or somewhere along the lines of being like prophetic in some ways and there's a lot of soul and heart and especially the way he obviously ends his version of dune comes into that um and there's something that when films are written around that idea of trying to help us grow, develop, or enlighten us, that resonates. And so I, I, hear,
0: I, hear that. I hear that. I hear what you're saying. He believed this movie was going to change the world. Yeah. I think that's part of what, the, the, what you're talking about. It's a part of what captivated people. This goes back to the question, the idea that he was able to bring people
1: on board because he believed that.
3: Yeah. Well, it so, changed Hollywood. It yeah. definitely changed Hollywood yeah.
1: forever. Yeah. And yeah. You see all the influences again. Yeah. Are you know people just in Go ahead. Yeah.
4: That that was the one thing that I think I'm going to take away from this movie was what his son said. How you know it didn't live. It, it didn't. It didn't come to fruit. But in in Hollywood, you hear "I am doomed" in all these other movies and in all these other things. I mean, I just, the Movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everything and, and and it's just it it is so true it, and I think it did change it it definitely did change and and that's what every I'm going to watch movies from here on and I'm going to see things and I'm going to think uh, you know the I am doomed.
1: One of the neatest parts of this for me was at the end when they cycle through all the movies that they you saw influenced from the scenes that they had shown earlier the. the Concept art and so on that kind of played out and how it influenced it. I thought that was kind of, that was very neat.
0: Yeah. What a legacy, huh? Yeah. I mean, even if he didn't succeed, he succeeded in changing cinema.
3: Yeah. Well, he I mean, also changed himself too because he uh, he did, he produced comic book after comic book after that. And, and I've heard, heard they're really good. Have you ever read them? Awesome, yeah, I've read most of them and yeah, they're very good. Yeah, I, I
1: need to pick some of them up. And I'd, especially since they're really kind of telling the story of Dune without telling the story of Dune.
3: Yeah, so, especially so. the In-Cal. Um I think the incal and the Meta Barons took a lot from that version of Dune. Because okay. if you read both of them, a lot of the things that he describes in that Dune is from both of those books. Yeah, so, he didn't give up on his vision. He just uh, had to change it. Yeah. So he and it he, met, he met Mobius, and Mobius and him worked together the most throughout all their comic books. So.
0: I'm glad they made this movie when they did because it's one of those things. Without before seeing it, I thought to myself, "Man, this is a—it's um, like cursed because everyone's dying. It wasn't part of it. Uh, Giger, Giger died. Um, the guy who wrote the score passed away. and I think Somebody else passed away as well. Yeah, just Mubius like yeah, Mobius just passed away. Yeah, they oh, yes, just yeah they, they yeah they just did like uh, I mean they made it at the perfect time. Uh, they captured the essence of all of these great artists, uh, uh, you know, right when they probably were the most retrospective.
3: Well, it's also not, it's not it's not coincidental that this documentary documentary was made because the director of Drive that was in that is uh-huh. directing in Cal in a year. Oh wow! So, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, awesome. so, so we're going to see. explains <laughs> explains why he stayed up till two o'clock in the morning or whenever. Uh, going over um, Jodorowsky's original Dune with him. yeah. So it explains a lot. It explains a lot why that documentary is coming out now instead of previous years before. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Would it be interesting to see that book? It would. I mean, it just feels like even if this isn't, you know... Can you imagine trying to pick up that book of Barnes & Noble?
1: <laughs> that would be like a two, $300 book with as many pages and photographs and everything else in it.
0: But the same thing, like, they could do a limited... I bet it would sell if they did it. They could do multi volume. High, high price, multi volume. But I bet if they did it, they could sell. I mean, now that this has been uh, a big success, yeah. um, I know that they weren't expecting it quite to continue running as long as it did. And it's still, yeah, you know, theaters. Man. It comes out on DVD in, in like two weeks. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, uh, clothing, closing thoughts, anything else anyone wants to add about this film?
1: Are you worried at all because of how much
3: its its influence has reached through the past 30 years or however to all of cinema and especially science fiction that if it were to be made it would feel like it's already been done? It's already been done.
0: That's a good question. I don't know if it would be considered a good movie. I'll give it at that. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know if it would be feel it was it had been done as much as it just wouldn't succeed. There would be – it depends. I mean, he
1: obviously probably at 84 wouldn't direct it. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong about that, but he wouldn't if, – if he directed the movie, you'd, it, it would stick with the original vision and with the ability to carry out the things he wanted to carry out from the 74 thing there might be some stuff that comes off kind of dated because we've seen it before. I mean, we've seen the LEM. We've seen, um, but if another director got hold of it and put it out using the modern techniques that we had, um, I think, number one, you'd be able to pull it off and with the the goriness that he sometimes portrays things and how violent he's... You'd be able to get away with it today, which he would not have been able to do back then. And I think with the special effects, you'd be able to do something probably truer to his vision uh, probably a comfortable price without blowing the budget um, I, you know I, I don't know I think I, I don't I don't know I, without knowing more of the script I think it's hard for me to say that yeah. this would be a, 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 a sink or swim people would be evaluating it lining it up to the book yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's always an issue whenever you put a book movie out it obviously would not be true but there are other movies that have come out that have been you know loosely based on the novel and
0: gotten away with it. If it was animated and it was done with anime style, um, like some of the things that we mentioned before, I think that it could be successful. Live action, different story. I'm not sure how that would work out, but I mean, I would watch it. I don't know if I would like it because it wasn't true. true. I think that's the biggest problem is now that... that, You're hung hung up on... I'm hung up on June. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's not... I think a lot lot of people would be. I mean, if you look at the way that the miniseries went, too, like it stuck a lot closer to the book as well. And it's still in it's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's very true. So. Yeah. very true. Very okay. true. So,
1: yeah. Well, thank you guys for kind of hanging out with us and chatting about uh, Dune and uh, the uh, Jodorowsky's vision of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can find us at dunesagapodcast.com, where you can find links to our iTunes, our email, our voicemail to leave messages. We do a monthly show where we review the books and then we have a show where we respond to listener feedback and your thoughts and comments on the universe as a whole. So, Anything I'm leaving out there? I believe that's about it. So once again, for the Dune Podcast, I'm David Moulton. And I'm Scott Herzog. And may Shai Hulud clear the path before you.